Hello and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020, and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. Quite apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So, I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of Shelter at Home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in. And at the same time, preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a very few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones or that speaker, grab a cup of tea or a glass of the good stuff and take a seat. This is Coexisting. Hi, my name is Agata. I live in Iceland. I'm originally from Poland. I've been living in Iceland for the last three years and I've been working as a guide taking people on glaciers. Here in Iceland, we are extremely lucky. I know many people in other countries are in a situation where they have their freedom very restricted. Here in Iceland, our shelter is basically a whole island. So unless someone gets tested positive and they know that they have the virus or have been in contact with such person, we are free to move around. And that's wonderful because this really makes a whole difference. And I think in this way, we are extremely blessed. Me, myself, I have been in a home shelter in quarantine for 14 days because I came from Spain and therefore needed to be separate for that time and what kept me sane and this is because I'm very much addicted to well oxygen being outside is that guidelines for quarantine in Iceland allow walks allow going for jogging as long as you keep safe distance two meters between you and other people and this is obviously a very specific situation for Iceland because it's very easy to keep it this way. We're also allowed to drive with our car if it's a personal car and you don't share it with other people. So it's still quite a lot of freedom. So for me, will be day 56 of uh, my home shelter. So apart from 14 days of quarantine, the restrictions are pretty relaxed here in Iceland. So it's a very unique and quite amazing situation. And um, I have also a very good uh, comparison because when it all started, when people started getting sick, I was in Spain. So over there, the whole situation really got worse rapidly. And me being there from enjoying my holiday, thinking about 
nothing but climbing next day, I suddenly got into this real feeling of anxiety because suddenly people were not allowed to be on the street. Police were stopping people and asking them to get back to their hotels, homes, wherever. I didn't know if I can go back home because we didn't know if the borders are going to be closed. You were not allowed to use public transportation unless it was very, it was an emergency situation. And this was very sudden and it felt very extreme. I was having like a nervous breakdown and I think it was two things really. First of all, I was worried I will not be able to go back home. And then if I stay, it was fine because obviously I have my friends there. But that would mean that I would be locked in the apartment, not even being able to like go out for five minutes. You know, it was out of question unless it's like for food or pharmacy or something. It was too much. And I'm like normally quite chilled and so. But in such situation, I was feeling a little bit like an I imagine animal that's trapped suddenly must feel like my whole fight or flight response was out there and adrenaline and like so this is why I actually panicked and I bought a ticket that was a day earlier than I was supposed to go because I was so stressed. I just so much wanted to go back home, back to Iceland. And when I came here, I stayed at home for 14 days. That was the time of quarantine. But after that, the rules that were imposed by government on Iceland and they also started pretty late. So there was a ban of gathering more than 20 people at its most strict. Now it's 50 people. They got a little bit uh, relaxed now. There was uh, some places that were closed, but still there was a lot of cafes and restaurants that as long as they didn't have more than 20 people in were open. It was very late for swimming pools to be closed. And that's a little bit of a curious situation. So Iceland is known from its geothermal waters. And Icelanders are, well, it's a basic part of their lives. Swimming pools, every little neighborhood, every tiniest village. Like, you know, in the UK, there is always a pub in every village. Here in Iceland, it will be a swimming pool. And people love it. It's really important for them. It's a very important part of life. So actually, swimming pools were one of the last places to be closed among schools and cinemas and hairdressers and so. For quite a long time, even when I was in quarantine, it felt like life is pretty normal. Obviously, we were aware of the problem. I think the most important thing behind it, why it all work because now in Iceland we have a fifth day without any cases of infection. There was 10 people all together who died of COVID. There were many, many people being tested and therefore the number of infections is pretty high compared to other countries. But it seems like other than geographical advantage, so Iceland being an island, pretty small population, my impression is that what was important is the trust that government has put, first of all, into experts. So every single day, no matter it was a Sunday or a holiday, three people, one of them being a head epidemiologist, another one head chief of police and um, minister of health, two of them women, actually, 
it was kind of that the whole decision-making process was in their hands. So politicians, they stepped back. And then these three, giving this speech, updating everyone of exactly what was going on, what kind of decisions they made, they put a lot of trust in people. I think everyone felt that they are responsible. We all felt we were responsible to make it work and get out of this situation. And it actually worked because people were really following the rules without having too many restrictions put on themselves. So I think we got a perfect balance here because on one hand, people actually did stay at their homes and did less of what they do normally. So they go into restaurants and cinemas. But then given the freedom of being able to travel, being still able to get out of the houses, I think we've kept a little bit of normality and that's kept people sane. So I think everyone is in pretty good moods and still obviously aware of what's happening, but not panicky maybe. There's no feeling of anxiety. I think Iceland is just being amazing. Now here it's evening time. It's after seven o'clock. We are getting into the time when nights are the shortest throughout the year because Iceland is pretty far up north. Days are really long throughout the summer. We have white nights. It's not very sunny day today, which is actually pretty good because another thing about people living in Iceland is that we get this sun fever if there is a sunny day outside. No one is able to stay at home. We have this pressure being outside. So today it's cloudy, so it's a nice day to stay home. And what I see, I see mountains. So Reykjavik is a very small city, even though it's a capital, it's the biggest city in Iceland, and it's about 200,000 people. So maybe like a, not even neighborhood of London, <laughs> maybe a street in London. So what do I hear right now? The curious thing about Iceland is that they have no trains or no trams. I can hear some noises from the streets, but these are a car. Icelanders, they really rely on their cars. So people are using cars as much as they used to. However, overall traffic, comparing to the same time last year, has dropped down by 30%. And this is mainly because of tourists who are not here anymore. So walking in a city is a very different experience than how it used to be even a few months ago. So main streets are pretty empty. Uh, curious thing is that those places where local people wouldn't go because they didn't want to be around tourists, which is very funny because now everyone misses them. <laughs> now full of Icelanders and you can hear Icelandic and you can see local people. And it's quite interesting because locals start to explore their country, their city, more than what they used to do because they kind of feel like there's more space for them, I think. It's quite beautiful. We are now living difficult times and I'm feeling extremely blessed and grateful for where I am and for my situation personally. I actually feel a bit guilty how, how lucky I am because 
I'm actually feeling pretty blessed and I'm feeling like I got a gift of time and space to stop. And this is because I'm here in Iceland. Icelandic government is taking really good care of people living here. We have amazing nature around. We have a lot of creativity here as well. So that as long as you are healthy and your family is healthy and this is something you don't have to worry about, I think this is actually quite a gift. And this is how I've been seeing this, this whole situation. I love to see how life slows down, how people slow down, how people have time to maybe have a little chat. Icelanders are, they're a very curious nation, so, or very specific. So on one hand, they're more distant, being Nordic, living in a colder country. But then on the other hand, they're very relaxed. Some people say they're kind of Latinos of the North. They even have this saying called tataradas, and it's kind of like same thing what mañana mañana would mean in Spanish. So it will work itself out. This is what the literal translation to it is. But then them being distant, especially towards foreigners who were here for just a moment, was maybe, I don't know, like protecting themselves. or And now maybe because they know we are here and despite the whole pandemics we chose Iceland to be our place our home there's more interaction between people there is a mountain very close from Reykjavik about 20 minutes and it's always many many people especially local people going there the view is beautiful it's not like top most spectacular place in Iceland but it's a very dear place for local people and last time I went there with my friends there was this little boy and he asked how to get to the top. And we chatted a little bit. And then eventually we invited him to, to come over and just walk with us because this is where we were going. So he tagged along and then we started to chat and then started to tell us a little bit of his story. He was 11 years old. He had his little lunchbox full of like a chocolate uh, Cheerios. It was very sweet to see him kind of being prepared, but he was actually not prepared. Because, I don't know, that's not really what you take on a hike, but he thought about it. He was very thoughtful and, you know, he had his calorie supply if he would get hungry. And then as we were walking, because he was walking a little bit slower, so he took some steps. And so there was this other gentleman and he was having quite a hard time to walk. He needed to stop and take a breath a lot. And because we were kind of having the same pace, he then joined our little party. So it was five of us. And we we're talking to both of them and it turned out that each one of them had their own beautiful story. A little boy, he was a foster kid and he came just on his own. He never got to the top of that mountain because it was a big walk and he kind of wanted to give up a few times, but because we were there together, he made it. And then this gentleman, he, he was a teacher and he really loved outdoors, but he said the recent year, he just, didn't do much sport and he was such a bad shape. So same thing. He said, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have made it to the top as we we're coming down. And that was, I think, the most beautiful of this whole situation. This little boy, he told us that we were the nicest people that he met in a really long time. 
this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for COVID because we probably would have been at work or maybe too busy or really short on time. So we just walk fast and maybe not even have time to stop, to listen, to take longer to get there. I see this time of, well, lockdown, which is like a very free lockdown. We have kind of like, you know, our cage is very big. So we kind of have a safari, not really like a very restricted shelter. And what really helped me in this time, because obviously there was some anxiety. I was being stressed about what's next to come because I work in tourism industry. I did lose my job because our company just closed down operations. There was no one to serve at that time. And obviously that came with some stress. And what really helped me to go through that time is seeing the good things about the situation. And there is so many. And every single day I'm thinking how grateful I am for so many things. It's a really long list. Trivial things like me being healthy, me having roof over my head and people around me and wonderful nature, which is another thing that that helps me a lot. I'm very connected to nature. I love being outdoors. I love hiking, walking, rock climbing. And so I've been spending a lot of times as much really as I can just outside of my house. And also taking a lot of care for myself. The most important for me is just not letting any worries, any negative thinking, nowhere close. And I actually genuinely think that I have absolutely nothing to worry about or be anxious about. I feel, as I said already, I'm really blessed and very lucky to be where I am. If I could say one last thing, I would like to repeat and put a little bit more importance to something I said already. Also understanding that people are in a very different situations. Try to see what's good that this whole new normality has brought because there will be something for sure, something that changed in your life that actually had positive impact, whether it was more time that you can now spend with your family, maybe more time you can spend with yourself, maybe even if you lose your job, maybe it's a time where you can think whether that was what you wanted to do. So I would say that for me, it was this gift of time that we have right now. And time and health are two things that we can't really buy for any money. I know sometimes it's really hard and I don't try to be overly positive and say that we should all now just be happy because it's not always easy. Sometimes it's actually good to be sad because that's what we need. But now we actually do have time for this. Just maybe let go a little bit more of what restricts us, such as expectations we put on ourselves, the future plans that are now not possible to make because we have no idea what the future will bring. 
no one knows at this moment. And maybe this is actually a good thing because we don't have to plan ahead for the next month. We can just be in a moment. We can just be in that particular day without worrying because worrying about what will happen that we don't know if it will or not will bring no good. And just trying to focus on here and now is helpful. Thank you for listening to Coexisting. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, I would be grateful if you could share this with a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That way that many more people will find us.